That's hundred. We are back, man. Another episode this week of Monday Night Take, man. Hopefully, you guys are ready for tonight. We're going to be discussing, you know, really how to understand earnings. Um, we're right full-fledged on in earnings season. Uh, we're going to be talking about some tech stocks, but we're going to kind of recap what we've we'll seen so far in earnings season, and we're going to talk about what's to come. So it's just me tonight. Um, you guys send some get well wishes to TR. She's a little bit under the weather. Uh, me, myself, man, I'm dealing with the allergies, weather going back and forth. It's like hot one day, cold the next day, raining in the in the morning, hot in the afternoon. So, you know, my allergies are out of whack, but I'm feeling well, uh, vibrant. Hopefully everybody's good and uh, we're going to get right into it. So let's discuss, you know, earnings season, right? Earnings season, honestly, for me, is my favorite time, you know, of of the year, right? You get this and it only comes four times a year. Right. You only get it four times a year. So the reason why I love earnings season so much is because I feel like you learn a lot during earnings. Right. When it comes to earnings season, um, you get to really dig deep in and really listen to leadership. You get to figure out, OK, what's some of the companies that you might be invested in? What's their next plans? Right. Um, you get to take a look at them from a financial aspect. Um, you also get to hear from leadership. So I think all those different things are just important. And those are things I'm going to be honest with you that I like the most. Like I really love um, listening to earnings calls. Right. Um, I love being able to hear from leadership and I love when th new things get announced. Right. Like earnings season sometimes can be one of those spots where, you know, a company says, hey, we're going to do a pivot and we're opening up an, a new division in our company or we're releasing a new product. Right. You know, I kind of like those different type of surprises. Um, and then also from an earnings season perspective as well, you can actually get discounts on companies that maybe you want to invest in long term, which I think is always good as well. Because if you think about this, right, a lot of times companies, you know, during earnings season, their, their stock is going to be volatile, right? Whether that's to the upside or to the downside. So, you know, for me, it's like if I can get a company at a discounted price, right, that I really like long term and am able to take advantage of it because of maybe the stock fell 10, 15% off of earnings uh, report. Maybe that, you know, that maybe that quarter wasn't so well, right? Maybe that quarter wasn't so hot. So, you know, that's something that I, you know, I like to think of in the back of my mind as well, too, is like, man, you know, when it comes to earnings season, I think earnings season, you just get an opportunity to just learn a lot and just to see a lot. So want to discuss what we've seen so far here at earnings season and um, what's to come. So, you know, that's pretty much the show opener. So we're going to get right into it, take the gloves off, and um, let's pretty much have a conversation here tonight. Um, feel free to ask some questions in the chat. Uh, definitely like, subscribe to the Come Up Series YouTube channel if this is your first time joining us. Um, you know, we we run shows pretty much all throughout the week now. Uh, my show, we kick things off on Monday. You got Mark on Tuesday. We got, I mean, we just this is just star-studded cast, what we got going on Wednesday, Thursdays. I mean, it's just like every day of the week, so... Definitely want to, um, you guys, make sure you guys hit that comment, you know, drop some comments, drop some fires in the chat, and, um, you know, go ahead and share this thing out, uh, send it to family members, friends, because we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff here tonight. So um, one of the conversations that we talked about was the banks, right? 
Um, and I think, you know, when I pretty much stepped away, I know I wasn't for the most part, we didn't have a bunch of shows in March and I kind of was offline, um, you know, in March. But while I was pretty much gone and absent, I mean, I think the number one topic was bank this, bank that, the banking industry, you know, the banks are done, um, you know, they're never coming back. This is the 2008 financial crisis, all like you pretty much heard all of that. Um, and I think there was a lot of panic that came in kind of very quickly. And you've seen, you seen the way certain stocks moved on the market um, from a banking industry perspective. A lot of those bank stocks really took a, you know, a 10, 15 percent type nosedive pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, some other banks, you know, you know, fell 60, 70, some 90, 95 percent from their highs. So you see some of those regional banks get hit up pretty bad. And it's kind of like I always say um, it, it one thing that I realized just I think just about Wall Street is just like kind of always expect the opposite. You know, so when people are kind of expecting the worst of the worst, sometimes, you know, a company can pull out the best of the best. Right. And that was the case for JPM on, on, on Friday. Right. Where if you think about it, JPM had its biggest one day gain in two years uh, this past Friday off of its earnings report. And the reason why I highlight these things is because it's like a lot of times you're, you're seeing these analysts, they're trying to get you to sell certain stocks. Right. And, you know, the banking industry, you just think about it. Right. Um, there's countless of mergers that have happened, whether they're equal. There's countless of banks that have been bought out you know, over, over the past hundreds of years, right? That you, that the banking industry has been alive the past few years. And you take a look at what bank bought, what bank and how this bank did this and how this bank did that. And you think about it and ask yourself, how long have these banks actually been around? You know, just ask yourself, like, do you really think the government is going to let these banks necessarily fail? Or do not even just the government, right? Um, from a from a government standpoint, do you overall really think that these banks um, won't continue to step in to buy other banks? Like, um, and that's what what I was saying. Like, when you take a look at it, when these banks buy a, another bank that you know may have maybe getting ready to go out of business or is having some issues and just different things like that, you know, they're buying that bank's assets. And so that bank can then take that former bank's assets and then put it under theirs and, and do something a lot bigger and better. Um, and then expansion as well, expanding their footprint. It's always good to expand your footprint, especially if you're a bank that's looking to grow in different areas. So I, I think that, you know, is one reason why you kind of see some of these banks, you know, buy these, these smaller banks up, you know, a lot more. So I just think those are those are two key things to really watch and pay attention to. Um, you know, when, when we're looking at the banks, um, you know, we have we have Goldman Sachs that will be reporting tomorrow, Morgan plus Morgan Stanley. Um, so two, two, two more big banks getting ready to report. And I just look at it from my standpoint. And I'm like, y'all, man, I mean, it comes down to it, man. I mean, the, the banks, in my opinion, right? They've put themselves in a position where, you know, the back their back was kind of a little bit against the wall this quarter. But at the end of the day, you know, people aren't going to just be thinking about now. They're going to be thinking about the future. And so you got to ask yourself, you know, I always keep it. I really just try to keep it simple. It's like, hey, banks still going to be around. Yeah, it's going to still be, be around. No issues. Right. I'm not like and if the banks aren't around, <laughs> I just think that there's more things that we have to worry about. 
You know, if every bank said tomorrow, hey, we're not opening up anymore, oh, man. it'd be if people talk about World War Three. There you go. Right. So, you know, I just look at it from that perspective. It's like, yo, the banks would never fail. And, um, you know, we've we've seen certain banks, you know, have this fallout, but collectively together, you know, and you're talking about some of the top biggest banks in the world. I just continue to see the banks. Um, I think that the banks have some more upside. I think Goldman Sachs, I think JP Morgan, I think um, as this banking stuff starts to pass, I think you'll see a lot of those banking stocks make a move and trend upward. So I just think it's, you know, that's something key that I'm kind of watching and looking out for. Um, and yeah, that's what we kind of saw so far in the in the banking sector. Um, and then we'll, we'll pretty much wrap up with it uh, this week. We also saw... Um, of some fi financials, some more financial companies, um, you know, report like State, State Street Corp um, pulling up their numbers pretty much here today. Um, let me see. I was taking a look at State Street Corporation. Um, I was take, actually taking some notes. Uh, ticker is STT. Um, they were actually down 10% today. So I was actually reading, reading, um, reading their report um, actually this morning when it actually came out and State Street Corporation um, they actually missed um, their earnings. So they ended up missing their earnings and the stock fell 10%. So they, one of the things that they, that they highlighted though, was um, a lot of people, a lot of uh, deposit, uh, you kind of heard deposit flight. Uh, obviously people meet, uh, you know, taking their money out of the banks. That happened a lot last quarter. Um, and you know, State Street took a took a, a 9.18% drop today. So STT, that's State Street. Um, it is off of its high from 52 week high, which is 94, 52 week low, which is 58. But if you look the past six months, it's still up 13%. Past five years, though, it's down 28%. But all time it is up 38,000%. So think about that. State Street Corporation all time is up 38,000%. And and these and these are the type of things that I talk about, man. I I think sometimes I I wish um, you know, I wish them them shows that we see time travel. I wish that time travel was real, because I know right now if I could be able to time travel back to the 1970s, man, there would be a lot of things that I would go ahead and and snatch up and grab up that were a buck or two bucks and load up, load the boat, as they say. So. But now, nah, State Street Corporation did want to highlight that they did fall almost ten percent today um, after a missed earnings. So, you know, I think we'll see a little bit more of that fallout in the banks. But you know, uh, we'll we'll see tomorrow. Let, let, uh, Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley they're on deck and um, they'll have to answer. So let's get ready to see. So, you know, that's that's part of that with earnings season. Um, you know, you you get you know I think a lot of times you always see. The two things that you're probably going to always see first when it comes to earnings season is EPS and revenue, right? Earnings per share and revenue, which are two, two main important things. But I also want to highlight something which I think is just as important. Like it's cool for a company to show, hey, we did this this quarter. We made this much. We spent this much. All of that good stuff. But really, a lot of times investors want to know, you know, what's coming in the future, a lot of that's a lot of times what people want to know. A lot of times people want to know what's coming in the future. They're, you know, not looking to um, only focus just on that quarter. Right. They want to see, OK, how have you been performing? Um, not just this quarter, but how have you how are you telling us you're going to perform for the rest of the year? Right. 
those estimates can be very vital when it comes to the stock's movement on an earnings day, right? Um, I think that's something that's super, super, super duper important to highlight because when you're taking a look at a stock from on earnings day, right? When the stock goes ahead and reports earnings, right? You have the opportunity to be able to tap in listen to the earnings call and there's certain things that are going to be dissected guidance is going to be key you always hear that term guidance so what are you going to do the next quarter but also outside of guidance because i think guidance gets talked about a lot too also some things that i like to pay attention to and listen to is spend i think spend um spend is key i want to figure out okay what is the cost what is your operating cost what are your margins look like which i think is important your operating margin right I think that's super, super duper important for a company, right? To highlight and talk about them from an operating procedural standpoint. What is the cost of doing business, right? Is there some, is there, is there really, is there really um, something that's happening in the road right now that could be causing, could be putting a dent on your margins? A lot of times when you see stocks struggle financially, it's because something has changed with the business from a margin standpoint, right? There could have been increased costs, right? For example, one of the reasons with Tesla, right? People are concerned. People are people do have some concerns with, okay, they're making all these price cuts. What effect does that have on their margins, right? Not just their top line, but also their bottom line, right? So you have those different things that investors are going to be able to take a look at um, and be able to see, right? And then you also have there's a difference. You have diluted and you also have a regular EPS. So, right, that's important for you to understand and pay attention to is sometimes the numbers that you may be getting, they might be either diluted or they might be at just a regular EPS. So that's key for you to like always look at as well. Now let's discuss it. Like, let's really break all of this stuff now. Why is this stuff key and important in earnings season? Um, and you you probably see some of these terms, and I just want to make sure that pretty much everyone understands, you know, what's actually being reported, right? Um, you also have things like revisions, right? So when we when we think about the revisions, um, you know, analysts weigh in, and analysts go ahead and they weigh in their opinion over, you know, what they believe a EPS is going to be, right, or what they believe. A revenue is going to be or what they're what they believe a product sales is going to be for example with with apple it may be how many units were sold for tesla it may be how many cars are delivered right that's you know just to kind of give you an example every company kind of has its um what i would say every company has its measuring stick right every company has its measuring stick when it comes to earnings for someone like uh netflix it may be new subscribers for facebook it's going to be ad revenue. Google, it's going to be ad revenue, right? So you had that kind of same thing moving back and forth um, where there's kind of always one focus point. Every company kind of has its one foc focus point. For Apple, we know it's going to be them iPhone units, right? And as we go down the line, you're going to see that all of those companies have that one focus point that people are going to point to. So it's not just going to be the numbers, but it's also going to be that one focal point. Because what you can see happen is you can see a company may come out and beat their earnings per share and may come out and beat their revenue. But if they miss on that one focal point that investors are paying attention to the most, well, the stock can still go down. Right. So that's one thing that I've learned throughout earnings season is, you know, to kind of the same stuff repeats itself over and over again. You know, what happens is, is that, you know, you have these companies that are actually going ahead and you know reporting their earnings and when they're reporting their earnings 
you know, they're they're they have to they have to not only report their earnings, but they have a duty to shareholders to disclose, um, you know, not just not just those earnings, but they have a duty to these shareholders to disclose their next plans. Right. And so that guidance, that that's where that guidance comes in key. And what happens is, is that if a company doesn't give guidance, sometimes that can be seen as a sign of weakness. Right. And usually in tough quarters, usually in tough quarters, that's where you see a lot of times companies um, say, hey, we, we don't want to put out any forward guidance here this quarter. Right. Companies that when they're performing well, I mean, they have no problem putting out uh, putting out guidance. They're like, yo, we'll do it. Got no problem. No problem at all. They're like, yo, we're going to put it out. No issues at all. They want to get ahead. They're like, yo, we want everyone to know the good news. Um, companies, companies, when they withdraw guidance, that's something that can be frowned upon. So that's something that can be frowned upon. So if, a, if you see a company this earnings season withdraw guidance, uh, probably their stock is going to be down after hours, right? So you keep that in mind when it comes to earnings season. Now we're going to get into we're going to get into some more. So top tech stocks to watch, right? In here in 2023, earnings season in full effect. And I think one thing that's in focus, um, I know that this was announced, I believe it was over the weekend, but then uh, it started. I think I've seen it. I think started to see it, uh, I think yesterday, then today it was kind of like confirmed. Uh, but SMH did a, a two for one split, I believe. Uh, they, was, they haven't done it yet, but they're planning to do it. Um, one industry that I believe is key to watch, especially this earnings season, I believe the chip sector, the chip space, I think they have the biggest shoes to fill and particularly a company like NVIDIA. And the reason why I say NVIDIA has big shoes to fill is because NVIDIA has really ran. It's crazy, right? Um, you know, the market is nowhere near all time high. Um, NVIDIA's ran from its low at 110 all the way to 270 uh, it hit a high excuse me of 280 right so it went from 120 all the way to hitting a high of 280 um and it's kind of crazy to think about it right um to see nvidia have climbed all these steps and rallied back it's like man right you took a look you like you look back you like man wasn't nvidia just at 110 wasn't it just at 120 and then next thing you know it's at 280 right so the semiconductor industry has big shoes to fill the reason why i'm saying that is Anytime a sector runs hot and rampant, right, and earnings is coming up, that's a huge opportunity for you to be able to see, hey, now as this company actually lived up to the reason why the stock went from 120 to 280. So they got some shoes to fill. I know from uh, right now, if I'm looking at some of the bigger time frames from a technical perspective, I can kind of see a little bit of weakness coming in some of the semiconductor names like a, a TSM or a Qualcomm, even NVIDIA AMD have kind of been sideways and look like they might start to trend down. So I think those are important stocks this earnings season. You want to see how they really perform because I think that that will be the part of the market where um, they're going to really have to blow away um, investors. They're really going to have to blow away investors in order for their stock to um, move higher. Um, they're going to have to blow investors away. Now, am I doubting? Uh, I, I won't say that. Um, I think the semiconductor space, there's a reason why it's been on fire. And I think, you know, people, I, I know that it was, it was tough. If you look at the semiconductor space, you know, it was tough, man, in 2022. I mean, you saw stocks like AMD hit 164 and then literally they were sitting at 55. 164 sitting at the go all the way from 164 to 55 
right? And then you take a look at NVIDIA, high of 340 back to 110. It's like, yo, they was right in line with Facebook, right? When it came to some of the worst performing stocks last year. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of you looking at you like, man, it's like, why did it, why did, how, why did it, um, you know, you're taking a look at it and you're like, yo, why did it go up as much as it did? Well, I think we're going to get some answers um, as the chip space goes ahead and reports earnings. Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, I think also tech stocks, man, you never can go wrong. Um, you know, when you take a look at, at some of those those other tech stocks, I think now getting in, I think now you're seeing more. I think you'll see more and more cybersecurity stocks uh, catch a bid. I think you'll see a lot of those cloud computing stocks, you know, be able to catch a bid. So names like Palo Alto Network, names like Snowflake, names like CRM, you know, these are names that I think will be, you know, more, they'll be, they'll be able to move higher in the future as well, too. So I just think, you know, when you take a look at all of that and you put all of that in a, in a box, in a bubble, you know, these tech stocks here right now in 2023, they're providing great opportunities. And I think earnings season gives them a catapult to be able to, hey, showcases, like show, show me what you're working with. Right. I think that's the, re that's the mindset of a lot of these tech companies and here in this earnings season, you know, investors, I think it'll be a little bit different than the past couple of the years, which we've kind of seen. I think some people are like, yo, we're going to take a little bit of a, um, I think, I think one thing that's happened is investors are not going to, um, how do I say that? I don't think, I don't think investors are going to be as, um, as aggressive and expectations I think will be limited. And the reason why I say that is like, if you paid attention to earnings seasons over the past two years, in 2020, because all of these companies were firing on all cylinders, like people was like, yo, we're, we expect you to do that every quarter, every quarter, every quarter, every quarter. And when you don't do it, there's going to be a, we fit, we're going to, we're going to sell. Whereas I think now people understand, okay, this is not that same market as 2020. We're not in the same, you know, the market is not in the same positions that it was. So people are going to be looking at the market from this standpoint and saying, hey, even if there's some EPS misses, right, because this stock is down to a certain point, we still want to we still want to take advantage of it. Right. And I'm looking at the like one thing that I look at is I look at price behavior. So right now, when you're looking at a lot of these tech stocks, they're literally just trading sideways. They're not really going up nor really going down. So that tells me that there's two things. That tells me that there's not enough buyers really to make this thing make no all-time high and really rally it to the top. But it also shows me that there's not even enough sellers to push it really further down. So it kind of gives me it kind of it kind of gives me the belief that there's a lot of indecision, right? There's a lot of indecisiveness. And you know, when I take a look at this indecisiveness, this sideways action, choppy action, this movement side to side, it just provides you a longer uh, time frame to be able to go ahead and actually get vested. So I think that's, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I think that's super, super, super duper important. Um, You know, I, I, I think that's where I see, like, like I said, in the tech space, I see a bunch of opportunities, even with the smaller tech stocks, cloud computing space. I know Uncle Charles is on here. Names like Snowflake, right? I think names like uh, names even like CRM. Um, I think put, they have good potential, potentially long term, right? Um, I think names in, a, in just overall in, in the cloud computing space, but also cybersecurity, Palo Alto Network, and a lot of times these names. I will say this: 
in earnings season, these names sometimes fall underneath the radar because they're not reporting at first. They don't, these names, you probably won't see them report till the end of May, right? Or beginning of June. So they report after all the big tech, right? And they report after all of the banks go, all of these other stocks go. So sometimes they can be a little bit underrated and it can kind of fall underneath the radar. So you'd be like, oh man, why is that stock up 10% today? And you didn't even realize it had earnings because it's quiet. It's it's, it's kind of towards the tail back half of earnings season. So I think those are things that I'm excited for. Even this earnings season is like, yo, I'm really, really, really excited to pay attention to those bigger, you know, tech stocks. But also some of these smaller tech stocks are just as important to me, just as important to me, because what are going to be the names that lead us into the future? What are going to be the names that really matter to, that really start to matter to us more and more? Right. Like those are the things that you know, I'm paying attention to, I'm looking for these outliers, right? I'm looking for these pure winners. I want to identify a winner, right? I want to identify a winner during earnings season. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for things that things that I'm looking to do, listen to earnings calls. Um, I love listening to earnings calls. Once again, I said in the beginning, being able to hear from leadership, you don't get that all the time, right? Elon Musk, you had the pleasure of him hopping on a Twitter space every now and then, right? But a lot of these other leaders, and not just the CEOs when I say leaders, we're talking about people that's in the head department of, you know, we're talking about CFOs, COOs, right? We're talking about people that are in charge and it is your, they work for you at the end of the day. Those people in those positions at those companies, they have a, a, a responsibility to deliver for you. So they work for you. So when I'm listening to, you know, these earnings calls, I'm looking at overall, number one, I want to see what direction are we going? Um, I also want to see if they're like, and it kind of goes hand in hand with direction, but what are the, what are the next projects? Like what, what's, what's next, right? What are those next projects? So direction projects, those two kind of go hand in hand, right? And then, you know, managing expectations. I just think when it comes to even this quarter, right? I don't know if any, I don't believe anyone's going to think that this quarter is going to be a blowout. Like no one's like, man, this, this quarter is going to be a blowout earnings. You know, companies are going to come in and, and blow these earnings out. I don't think anybody's thinking like that right now. And I think the the fact that, you know, no one's thinking like that. I think those are usually the times when earnings season, when kind of everyone is expecting things to be bad. Usually earnings season ends up being pretty decent. When everyone's expecting things to be good, that's when earnings season kind of you know, gets a little bit rough and you see certain stocks fall more than what was expected. So, you know, that was that that was key for me to highlight. Now, let's relapse to last quarter. Right. Um, and pretty much take a look at what happened. So I'll be honest with you guys. I mean, uh, for the most part, there was really only one big tech stock that really performed super well. Um, excuse me. Actually, two. Take that back Two. there was two stocks um, that were in kind of like big tech that actually performed well. On off of their earnings, and and that was actually Tesla, and then also Meta Platforms. Both of those companies actually went up, you know, about 10, 15 percent either uh the evening of or the next couple of sessions after. Like I remember Tesla ran from like last quarter ran from like 140 and ran, I think, to like 190, and like I want to say it was like like three or four, three or four sessions. Uh, Meta Platforms was up 20 percent after hours. So, um, you know, I think it was up like at one point it was like when it was up like 40 bucks, like 40, 50 bucks. Right. Because um, it was approaching like 195 and then it came from like I want to say it was like one 152 or 147. Got to take a look back at the charts. 
So, yeah, when you're thinking about that, guys, like really just keep your eyes on some of these bigger tech names, um, you know, from the standpoint of like, hey, those are good. That's what's going to really set the tone, because to be honest with you, however, usually the banks and then big tech leads. Right. However, they usually start reporting. That's how the rest of the earnings season usually plays out, because you got to think all these companies are interconnected. Right. All these companies are close knit, even when you think they're probably not there. I mean, they, they might be a competitor, but these companies partner and they're super close knit. So, you know, just keep that just keep that in mind. So, you know, those those tech stocks, um, you know, here right now, you know, you have the opportunity to be able to see, you know, these companies report you uh, like even like a Boeing. Right. So not even just, you know, the tech companies, you're going to see your Dow um, industrial stocks go ahead and start reporting. So like a like a Boeing um, is going to go ahead and, and report here pretty soon. You're going to see you already saw the banks. Right. But you're going to get like a Procter and Gamble. You're going to get a, a Johnson and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson reports tomorrow morning. You're going to get a Home Depot. Um, you're going to get a Caterpillar. Right. So all of those companies that are within the Dow, they'll go ahead and, um, you know, start reporting as well, too. So, you know, I think, you know, those, you know, when I when I take a look at those companies, man, um, you know, those value names, those real, real value names, uh, those value names. I mean, it's 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 hard to uh, it's hard for those companies to really miss, man. It's hard for those companies, those those household essentials, as somebody will say. It's hard for those companies to necessarily really miss like a Procter and Gamble. Ask yourself, you know, not does not that is Procter and Gamble a bad company? No, nah, it's not. You know, it's 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 hard for those those type companies to lose. Um some names that I think I'm excited to even see that are kind of underneath the radar. I want to see Costco. I think Costco is always a good stock to measure the economy by, right? Costco, I mean, yo, so many people spend, you know, even people here watching tonight, for those that go to Costco, I, I'm not a Costco goer myself, really. Um, I think I, I I prefer, I mean, I won't say I prefer, I, 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 I would prefer Costco. Um, I like Sam's though, too. It's pretty much the same thing, though, um, if you're in the grand scheme of things. But I think Costco has a little bit better uh, service, customer service. And I think a name, I think a name like Costco is something that sometimes can even fall underneath the radar during earnings season. I think Costco, I think Costco, Walmart, Target are also good stress. Um, if there was um, like little stress tests, right? I think it's a good if you combine those three data together, and we're, we're was making decisions um, based on you know the data that you have. I think the data would support. Just how important all three of those companies one are, um, but just the kind of like the different factors. Like when you take a look at you know those particular companies, you know you got to you got to put those together, right? You got to group those. You got to group those companies, those Dow names together, right? Those Dow names that are going to go ahead and report. Um, those reports come out strong. It's firing on all cylinders. You know uh, the Dow. Last week, I think it was on Friday, the Dow was approaching, you know, 34,000, right? So it was approaching 34,000, the Dow, right? It was approaching 34,000. How amazing was that, right? How amazing was it to see that? Um, and when you had those value names, those value names come out, start reporting, that can really be a catalyst that pushes the market up. The banks fi finishing off their part of earnings season strong that can rally the market, right? Um, you know, historically, when you take a look at May, a lot of you might you might start to hear this saying a little bit more, but you've heard it saying, sell, uh, you know, sell in May and go away, right? You um, and 
you know, it can be true. I know a lot of people try to always get into the seasonality. Seasonality is important, um, but it's not always a guarantee, right? It's not always a guarantee that, you know, something is going just because it did this last year that's going to do this here again. So, you know, I want to keep I wanted to, um, you know, keep everyone in line when it came to that. Um, what I what I would say personally, uh, my my stocks that I'm looking forward the most is going to be meta platforms. And some of you guys have heard me talk about Meta before. Um, we had this whole Meta, Facebook, whatever you, is dead. There was like a whole campaign behind that, that Facebook would never recover. Meta lost its way. Mark Zuckerberger, um, Mark Zuckerberg, excuse me, not Zuckerberger. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, um, you know, is done. They're exiting them out. And it's just like, yo, I think that this quarter, man, I think that this quarter belongs to Meta and I think they'll stake their claim because some people was even saying, yo, Meta needs to be removed from the top tech stock or move them from Fang, right? All of that stuff, right? And when you take a look at Meta, we got to give a round of applause to Meta because Meta's done something, in my opinion, that's very unique. Um, and it reminds me a lot of the move that they made um, with stories. Because you think about it, I was having this conversation the other day with my wife and we, I was like, we was like, yo, when you take a look at Snapchat, Snapchat developed a lot of stuff that Instagram is using right now, right? Instagram just took it and just made it better, right? Because you think about it, Snapchat was really hot. They they were the ones that had stories. Instagram and Meta, right? Meta did not have stories. They seen Snapchat do it, did it. They took it, made it better, right? They enhanced it. And so kind of similar to what we saw with, um, I don't think when Elon Musk and Twitter, when they did the verification bags, I don't. I don't, I don't think it went over really well. I don't think it was properly organized. Um, but I also don't think that people were just too, I don't think people were too, too like, oh man, I need to have the blue check on Twitter. I don't think people was as, not saying that people didn't get it, but I don't think it was as hype where it's like, okay, the blue check is 15 bucks a month on Instagram. Yo, if there ever was a digital drug, it would be the blue check, you know, because I just think a lot of, I think for one, everyone wants it, right? And so what a smart business move, right, from meta platforms to realize, hey, there's another revenue opportunity for us. We know, like, because if you think about it, like, meta platforms has really been getting hit up hard by Apple, their privacy stuff, you know, it's taking a dent on their earnings, all that different stuff. So it's been, it's been some issues. It's been a couple tough quarters, right, in a row. Meta platforms, I mean, it fell from 380 all the way to $88, $87, right? So it was rough. Like it was really, really, really rough. And meta platforms got hit super, super, super hard. Now we've seen them rally back. The reason why this quarter is important because this can be a catalyst to move higher. Those numbers and how they're going to report, this could be a huge quarter where I think that meta has the chance if and when it's all said and done, I think that meta can actually find its way, actually making itself and moving, moving itself all the way back up. I think that Meta can find itself and move all the way to the top. I think that Meta can move to about, if it gets over 229, I think it's going to 245. And then after 245, I think that there's a chance. There's a chance. And this is a bold prediction, right? And I don't think this will happen necessarily fast. But I do think that 245 can come if the numbers look right and if the guidance is good. But there's a chance that Meta 
could be going back because there's a huge gap in between 245 and 290. There's a huge $45 gap that was created in January of 2022, right? So when Meta, you know, whatever died, fell off a cliff, it was it was done, it was whatever, Mark is never going back on top, all of that stuff, right? Um, you know, it created a huge gap when the, when the earnings miss. And, you know, earnings season was really the catalyst to bring Meta down. And I think earnings season will be the catalyst to bring, you know, Meta Meta up and um, back up. So I think it's an incredible opportunity. I mean, Facebook is just, you just can't count it out, man. You just really can't. Um, Amazon, big tech. Um, and, you know, I know we talk a lot about these big tech companies a lot. Um, Amazon, I, I think, hmm, I think Amazon's going to have a... A soft quarter this quarter. Um, I think it'll be soft. Um, it's not always their best or biggest quarter for the most part, too. So you gotta keep that in mind. So I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised at all um to see you know Amazon have have a you know pretty much a flat quarter. Um and kind of kind of similar with uh with Google as well, too. I wouldn't be surprised to see both of those companies have a flat quarter. They didn't they didn't necessarily have a you know a blow away earnings. Um, and even Apple, I don't think Apple will have necessarily blow away earnings. So I think for the most part, I think most of the big tech companies will kind of have a, I won't say a bad, I don't think they'll have bad quarters, but I don't necessarily think they'll have breakout quarters either. I think they'll, their quarters would be flat. So I think earnings season for the most part for big tech, I think will be flat. I think you'll have stellar performers like a meta, um, but I think that, and I think that that will be, you know, pretty much it from a stellar performer perspective. Um, so you know, that is another thing, uh, you know, you have to keep keep your eyes on is even not just, you know, the day of earnings. Right. But pay attention to the weeks that come after, because a lot of times what happens is, is that certain stocks make moves. Right. The day of earnings. Right. But then you come back like two weeks later and be like, man, maybe this stock fell off their earnings report. Right. And they fell down. But then you actually come back to that stock. And you see that, you know, it started to it started to move higher. Right. And you started seeing it's it's rally after, you know, the earnings came out. And that's what I call like an earnings reversal. Right. Just because something may start off bad doesn't mean that it's going to end bad. Just because something started off bad doesn't mean that it's going to end bad. And I always kind of, um, you know, have people kind of like keep that in the back of their minds is because what happens is, is that during earnings season, there's a lot of shuffling too. there's a lot of reorganization of positions. Um, there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that necessarily you might not see, um, you know, just with the naked eye. So I also would tell people to, um, if you do miss the earnings calls, go back and listen, right? Take a look at the earnings transcripts. Uh, sites and resources that I really like to use a lot are things like Seeking Alpha and Tip Ranks. Those are two apps. Um, Seeking Alpha and Tip Ranks, man, is well, for the most part, I really start. I was using uh, Seeking Alpha in the beginning part of my process. wasn't using Tip Ranks. Um, as as much um, here and kind of probably very sparingly, but Seeking Alpha um, is an app you can download it on the App Store. Um, Seeking Alpha is crazy because it was actually when if, when I was using it in the beginning, it was actually free. Um, now they have a you know subscription. You can kind of read a few articles, but then they make you buy the subscription. Uh, when I first started uh, with Seeking Alpha, it, it was completely free, and it, it was just amazing to me to be able to see uh, you know a platform like a Seeking Alpha um, offer an earnings preview, right? Um, Earningswhispers.com is another good uh, resource to take a look for yourself to be able to, um, you know, when you're trying to look at, um, you know, different data for certain companies that are getting ready to report earnings. All right. But for me, 
and seeking alpha, man. And it's been that way, you know, forever. You know, seeking alpha always has an earnings preview that comes out at 5 30 uh, p.m. EST um, every day before earnings. The day before earnings, you'll usually get an earnings preview at 5 30 uh, uh, p.m. And um, that earnings preview can include anywhere from, you know, different estimates, different analyst price targets, you know, different things like that. So, and that's so one thing that you want to watch is um, is price target increases and decreases. Price target increases and decreases can, you know, for the most part, they can pretty much happen. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys, they they can they can pretty much happen at any time, but they happen a lot usually the day. Well, they happen a lot usually the day after earnings. Usually, for the most part, everyone upgrades. Well, not upgrades, updates your price target, which can either be an upgrade or a downgrade, right? Um, and then you usually see it kind of heavy as well, like usually two to four weeks before the earnings report. So they can kind of give guidance ahead of time on what their current position position or um, is when it comes to, you know, expectations for the company, price targets, et cetera. Um, and then they usually update it after those numbers come out. So pay attention now, because if you're if you understand that your certain stock you might be looking at has earnings in 10 days. Well, you might get ready to, you might be seeing a couple right then and there, maybe that day or maybe a few days before or whatever, you're going to be able to see that there was analysts reporting on that stock and either they were revising the estimates higher, they were keeping it the same or lowering them. See, a lot of times when, and when analysts lower earnings expectations, right? A lot of times when analysts lower earnings expectations, that makes it easier for these companies to come out here and beat earnings, Right. Like the earnings revision, I think is super important to pay attention to because companies could come out with estimates and there could be a consensus that was saying, hey, we expected a dollar and three cent per share. But then what happens is, is that revisions get made. So let's say they're expecting a rough uh, analysts are kind of expecting a less of a quarter than what they thought before. What happens is they kind of like lowball the numbers. What happens is they'll say, OK, cool. Well, we're expecting you know, a we're expecting a dollar and 30 cent EPS to be reported. That was our original projection, but let's lower that estimate. Let's revise that to maybe a buck 20. Now let's say that company comes out and does a dollar and 25 cent, you know, everyone say, oh, well, they beat, they beat, they beat, you know, and that's another part to pay attention to is those revisions because things can change. One resource that I like to use uh, for that is, is for the uh, for the revisions is Yahoo Finance, right? Um, I think they do a good job of really highlighting, you know, those revisions, um, and it can be revised upward or downward, right? And those price tar and price targets increases and decreases can happen all the time. I believe uh, someone down, I, I couldn't remember, it came across my deck super early, but I know, for example, like someone, um, one of the analysts um, had lowered the price target for Tesla, right? So. You know, when you see these price target increases and decreases, they can have an effect on the stock price, um, you know, that given day. So keep that in mind. Right. Um, you know, that can have an effect, you know, on your actual that you can actually see. So, um, yeah. So, you know, what I, what I would say, guys, is, you know, as we get ready to wrap, wrap this thing up, I know you guys can hear me sniffling and stuff. Um, and definitely shout out to the cause TR. Hopefully she's feeling better soon and, and appreciate everyone tapping in. Uh, first and foremost, man, uh, like I want to give you guys the 
things, the things that I'm looking forward to and looking at super heavy. So we talked about the banks a lot, but guess what? The banks that's going to be done and over with. We talked about, you know, companies like Meta Platforms. You know, you got you're going to have your Netflixes and your Teslas that are going to kick off tech tech earnings season. Um, but I, I think I think for me, one thing that you kind of even saw last week is like um, the market got excited when when inflation was lower than what was expected. The market actually jumped. I think I seen the spy up three or four dollars, and then the market kind of opened. Then it sold off, right? And it, I think it turned negative. Yeah, it turned negative that day. And I think a large part of it, I'll be honest with you, is just like once again expectations, right? Expectations. Expectations is an important part of not just earnings season, but just really just in totality how. The market is going to move. How certain stocks are going to go up and down. Expectations, right? What are what are what are those expectations, right? And, and I think when it comes to this earnings season, I don't believe that the expectations are really high. So if a company comes out and beats barely, you may see a, a run up, right? That's more than likely something that can happen. So I'm watching, like I said, I'm watching names like Meta Platforms. The banks are already reported. I'm watching names even like a Netflix, a Tesla. You know, a big tech definitely has to be on watch, but that's cool. But I want to see what I want to see what uh, Salesforce does this quarter. I want to see what Snowflake does. I want to see those other smaller cybersecurity names and other smaller tech companies. I want to see what they're doing because those are going to be those are going to be some of the names that when we come back. 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Like everyone, everyone talks about Apple now, but no one's talking about, yo, when, when Apple didn't even have their first iPhone. And I think it's sometimes as a long-term investor, we can get discouraged as well too. It's easy, man, because it's like sometimes, a lot of times our stock is not going to be moving up at a drastic rate. Even if you think about it, right? Um, what was this? Uh, what was the stock? Um, it was State Street, right? Like I just pull, I pull it up, you know, their stock chart, and I was, you know, I'm looking at it. And I'm like, you know, this thing was a dollar in the mid '70s, but you got to think it was a dollar in the mid '70s, but right now it's seventy-two dollars with a with a all-time high of ninety-six dollars. So to be fair, it's like this, right? When you take a look at, you know, something like a, you know, something like a State Street Corporation, you're thinking this was a a dollar in the mid, you know, in the mid '70s. So you got to think like if you do the math on that, you're talking about basically, basically, basically it took about it took about 40. It took about 40 to to 50 years to even get to, to this point where it's at now from a price perspective. So, you know, you don't want to really discount long term because you you never truly know how, you know, where where things can go. Right. So I think that's super, super, super duper important for me to highlight and say. You know, like I said, earnings season, three things that I want everyone to do uh, this week. Number one is I want you to go ahead and tap into an earnings call if you can. Some resources, some things. So let's say you can't tap in live, right? The earnings call replays are usually always available on the company's website um, under under their investors um, tab and, and relations. But underneath the company website, you should be able to get at least a transcript. If not, you should be able to listen to the audio after. If not, you can tap into YouTube because YouTube has a great job, does a great job as well. Um, so you guys are on YouTube now. Just change the things that you subscribe yourself to, right? I mean, there's countless of CEOs, um, you know, speaking um, at their individual, you know, uh, conference, press conferences and and, and um, earnings season and just giving updates overall on their on their. Um, giving those updates overall on their company. 
So I just think, you know, at that point, it's just like, yo, man, you got to really look at it and, and just say, hey, you know, those are the, like those are the little details that I think you just sometimes we can kind of overlook those little, small, little, small details. So, like I said, man, understanding earnings, um, it's a lot that goes into these reports, too. So there's a lot of things that sometimes may fall underneath the radar. It may just not you may not you may just not see it on the on the, on the regular scene. So that's where I think we're, we're at with it. Um, you know, running into, like I said, running into earnings season here now. Big tech. Big tech is, is, is I think, um, at least for the most part, I think it's going to be flat just because I think some of the biggest names will kind of be flat. But I think one of the outperformers will be Meta Platform. So those are the things that I'm looking at. So next week, man, I'm going to be bringing on another guest. Um, so definitely super, super, super duper excited for that. Tiara will be back. Definitely said some prayers her way. Wasn't feeling well. And as you guys can see, man, uh, my allergies is kicking my butt. So, um, you know, like I said, yo, it's always good. Super excited to always be here on the Come Up series, man. Shout out to my good brother, Mark Monroe, JoLynn, and everyone that we have on this channel. I just feel like, yo, it's just so much information, um, you know, to give and, and, and to talk talk about. Um, I'm, ex I'm excited to... Um, you know, I, I want to continue to bring this show on the road. So I think um, pretty soon you guys will be seeing, um, see, you never know, a Monday night take episode could be in your city. You just never know what could happen. So like I said, man, I'm just, like I said, super, super duper excited. Earning season is always a good time. Um, you know, you know, you got your certain tech stocks, I think, are are getting ready for for some good breakouts. If, if, um, if earning season pretty much bodes well. The banks so far have been, you know, you've had a couple misses. We talked about things like uh, State Street. Um, so, yeah, man, it's just those little details, little details, paying attention to the little details makes, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff a lot easier. So, you know, definitely wanted to um, say I appreciate y'all for um, being here with me tonight. Hopefully everyone gets a good night of rest. This was another episode of Monday Night Take. Next week, we're back um again new topic um and we're going to be talking about it so i only gave you one thing i lost my train of thought for a second two more things another thing i want you guys to do um outside of just listening to the earnings call i want you to actually i want you to actually uh, study a company's leadership and when i say study the company's leadership I want you to do some research on some people that on the people that are actually, you know, um, running that company that could be a founder of maybe a different product that might sit on the board. Right. Uh, could be a vice president. Right. But just really start to dig deep into who's actually on um, those boards. So that that'd be a, you know, another uh, assignment that I would assign. Um, and this is just for, kind of for yourself. And then also, lastly, um, I will brush up on your on your technical technicals. We're gonna go back to the charts next week. So we're gonna pull up a lot of charts next week. Um, so yeah, super, super excited for the person I bring on next week. So I'll be back. So um next week, just get you ready. Have that trading view ready. Um, sharpen up on them technicals, man, and we're gonna get to it. So I'm appreciative of y'all, man. I hopefully everyone has a great night. Um, and I know it's, uh, we got a lot of, um, we got a lot. I know some people got different basketball teams. Shout out to the Lakers, man. I think I'd be remiss if, um, I didn't get my good brother, Mark Monroe. Um, and congratulations on, on winning game one. Um, shout out to, shout out to LeBron and, and the Lakers. They closed it out, um, game one out. Um, let's see what they do. But, um, yeah, man, 
Um, shout out to good brother Mark Monroe. I know he's a big LeBron fan. And um, yo, if your team's still in the race, congratulations. Um, so yeah, I appreciate y'all, and I will see you guys next week. Peace out. Thank you.